Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I am your host and coach, Tyler Johnson. And whether you've tuned in to elevate your mindset, your game, or just your day, you are in the right place. My guest this episode is a former professional Aussie rules football player and coach. He's now a mindset coach working around the globe when he loves to inspire people to live their best lives through leveling up their mindsets, taking control of the remote control to the nervous system through breath. Welcome to the Elevate podcast, Tim Hall. fantastic Tyler great to be here with you my man good excited to have you um I know you you mentioned uh I think you're heading back uh over overseas for the holidays here coming up but uh glad to catch you while, while you're still stateside a bit to, to get you on the podcast and love just pretty to give our audience a little background on you just uh, a little bit of you know what led you to the the work you do now with uh Tim Hall Pro Minds uh, look, so growing up playing sport, playing Australian rules football, um, sort of basically from the age of seven, it's always been a big part of my life. I never, ever reached the true heights, the top level back in Australia. I was the level below that. Um, and really, I had the ability, I had the potential, but I didn't have the mindset to do it. And obviously, as a young kid, I wasn't aware of that. I thought I was doing everything I needed to do. Um, but then once sort of my playing career finished, I went into coaching. And I've coached at a higher level. I coached a lot of pro athletes in Australian rules football. And I think what I really discovered at that point was, uh, look, maybe I wasn't meant to be an athlete. Maybe my true potential was to be a coach. I love to educate. I love to mentor people and see them grow. And and I really found a strong passion in doing that. So I've been coaching now for 12 years, and a lot of it has been in the team aspect um, side of it. And then it sort of just... uh, just kept on evolving into the mentoring side, working with individual guys. I've seen a lot of professional athletes moving from one side of the country to the other and not really unlocking their full potential, not really understanding what it took to get to that pro level. And and seeing that with guys I worked with previously, I I really had a desire. I wanted to help these guys. I wanted to get their off-field personality where it needed to be so it would have transitioned to the on-field side and you know, they could live their dreams out. They could they could really unlock their true potential and, and find their greatness. So that's been the evolution of me through my playing career, coaching, pretty much where I am right now. Got it. Love it. And I know it, uh, in your work to unlock some of these things, I know one of the things, uh, and actually, uh, you know, just my last week, uh, this helped me process some things at least, but uh, I wanted to talk about journaling. I know that's something that, that you like to talk about as well, but uh why should athletes do it and what's the use and give give us the lowdown. So yeah, journaling, look, I've been doing it for six years now and it's changed my life. Like the direction my life has shifted to how I'm living, who I, how I'm showing up every single day, it comes back to my journaling. And the reason why I think that great shift has happened is because especially athletes, like we overthink everything. We're always analyzing. And when we can stay up in our head, It can just really, it can turn into more of a negative outcome as opposed to clarity and direction in where we want to want to head. When we write it down on a bit of paper, what we're actually doing subconsciously 
is we're reflecting, we're, we're visualizing internally what we're writing down, the words that we're using. And obviously every word we use, there's a, there's a meaning and an emotion that comes with it. So if I say, let's do some journaling today, I'm going to journal on things we're grateful for. We're going to reaffirm how we're going to show up today, what we're looking forward to today, like all positive things. Those words, we're creating a different attachment to those. We're, we're creating more of a positive emotion to those. So when we finish journaling, our mindset has shifted its perspective from, oh, worrying about what I go to do today to now, I'm excited about what I've got to do today. I'm ready to step into that best version of myself. So we've got out of here, we've put it down on paper and we've created a nice clear vision of who we want to be, what we want to create. And that's going to give us, or give everyone really the best opportunity to step into that person really every single day. Yeah, and I think it's, I found the, you know, that we hear the phrase, you know, you're in your own head. And, yeah. and journaling, I think, helps get a part of, get of getting out of that. Yeah. And just being able to kind of separate yourself from the thought. Um, otherwise, it just plays and and kind of does that, that does what it does. But uh, uh, love, love what you had to say there. Another thing I saw, and, and I am going to definitely steal this kind of term because I, I love <laughs> it. But when you when you talk about the breath, you say it is the remote control to the nervous system. Yes. Let's let's talk about that and share with our listeners why it's the remote control yes. to our nervous system. Yeah. So so when we when we train our breath daily, we can it can instantly shift how you're feeling, your mood, your attitude, your perspective towards things. Like this morning for me, like I love to have cold plunges. And when I'm in the plunge, I do my breathing in there. I'll, I'll put my own, as much as I hate hearing my own voice, I'll put my own guided breathwork session on that goes for five, six minutes, and I'll do the breathing in there. And, and obviously the plunges give me great benefits, but just by doing that breath, by being, to bring ourselves back to a present state, just to be able to turn down the distractions that's around us, yeah. it allows you then to get clear again on, on who you authentically are, like what, if I know I've got a big practice or um, some big exams or a big presentation into my day, I, I can take that moment again just to be balanced, be calm, get clear, understand maybe some challenges that's going to show up. But again, just allow me to be in a, a much more positive main, a frame of mind after breathing to be able to step into that task. So I do 10, 15 minutes every single day. All my clients I work with, like I've got 13-year-old um, basketballers I'm working with, they're doing the breathing as well. And, and they notice a huge shift from the mornings when they do it. And if they do miss a morning, they, they notice they're more on edge. They're more easily triggered. They're just not sort of in that balanced mindset to get the best out of themselves. So 13-year-old kids are starting to recognize you know, how beneficial our breathing can be. So it doesn't matter who you are, what you do to be able to stop and give yourself 10, 15 minutes, be present, to be calm, change that remote control, shift that nervous system to be more present in your day. Your awareness is just going to be leveled up and your how you're going to show up in your day is just going to be totally different by not doing it. If uh, typical breathing patterns that you know you got 13 year olds right like these young kids and they're like okay how do i breathe you know what pace what are there are there some you know core patterns that you have uh kind of people work on especially kind of in this uh setting up your day for success example 
Yeah. So the ones I always recommend is is just an restorative type breath. So that's just an inhale through the nose, a hold and an exhale. Uh, you could do four seconds. So four seconds inhale, four second hold, four second exhale. You can do five, you can do up to seven seconds, whatever feels comfortable for you. Again, it's as much as it's giving you the mind-body benefits, it's just creating a space for you to stop, just to be able to close your eyes down and be present. So however long you breathe for from a, a second point of view, it doesn't really matter. It's just giving yourself that break in your day to reset, to reset yourself, to be able to step into whatever you've got showing up. So we do a lot of that type of breathing just to calm down, get clear to check in with ourselves. But then if I'm doing some pregame type breathing, I want to get get them up and going. I want to get their heart, right. rate, heart rate beating as well. So we'll just do more mouth breathing. So that's more just a... And just yeah. maybe 30 to 50 breaths of that. There'll be some holds in between. That's when you'll start to really feel some sensations like tingles in your arms. You might feel a little bit lightheaded, but it just gets your heart rate going. It gets you up and about. And, and I really notice it from when I jump on calls with athletes before we do the breathing, they're sort of a bit blase. They're sort of, you know, a bit relaxed. Then we'll do that pregame session. And then as soon as they open their eyes at the end, it's a different look. Their eyes are different. It's a focused look. They're like locked in, ready to go. So again, this just comes from the breath. It's not doing anything amazing or extraordinary. It's just training our breath to maximize it so we can get the most out of ourselves. And uh, yeah, I love it. I just say too, in kind of the, that box breathing, you know, the four, you said, you know, the difference. And I think that's people that, you know, don't want people to get intimidated of trying new things. And I think sometimes they're told, oh, you got to start your box breathing with eight. And it's like, well, that's not mm -hmm. comfortable. And then that gives me anxiety trying to do the yep. thing that's trying to reduce my anxiety. So I don't want to do it. Yep. <laughs> right. And so it is like you said, it's like what's showing up that day. And if it's a, yeah. if it's a short box, you know, that a two, second of two, 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 three, 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 uh, start with what you got right yeah like like every single day i've got my schedule in my phone at three o'clock every day i've got a reminder to do a four 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 breath just 10 breaths takes me three minutes to do and then like that's my reset that's just be able to check into what's happened already and now refocus for what i've got for the rest of the day that's that's all it takes for, for most people and if you do that every single morning you'll slowly build on that you'll feel more comfortable about doing yeah, five, six, seven, eight second breaths. And then you can continually evolve it into mouth breathing if you want or or anything else, really. I love that you said you have it on that reminder on your phone. So when you try to use that little device for good, uh, yeah, that's something absolutely. I always try to do throughout the day is have some, uh, you get interrupted by so many things. Um, yeah. You might as well schedule some things like, like what you just said uh, yeah. that are actually going to help you regulate some of these other disturbances that are eventually going to arise. So yeah. um, I think yeah. ki kids overlook, you can, you can schedule some good reminders in your phone and use it as that tool for good. Yeah. And just, just one thing on that, you bring up a great point. It's, it's, it's all my clients. I constantly remind them everything we need to do. Your number one focus is you. It's not about getting your physical training in or your diet or anything like that. They're really important. Don't get me wrong. But your first focus of your day is setting up things that you know that's going to help you be your best version. Because when you're on top of that, then things like practice, lifting, your diet, recovery, that's automatically going to level up because you're already in a better mindset to be able to attack that. So those reminders I have in my phone, they're always the first thing I put in. 
And then I structure the rest of my day around that stuff because I know they're the most important things for me. Nice. Love it. Uh, I want to shift gears a little bit. Um, being your experience coaching, uh, in, in, uh, first, if you've never seen Australia Reels football, go to YouTube, watch it. It's like <laughs> twice the size of an NFL field. It's super entertaining and it's, it's massive, massive field. But, um, as you kind of think about, you know, in your experiences in, in the U S and other places overseas, you've coached, um, what are some fundamental differences that you see maybe maybe deficits uh, that we might do here in the United States when it comes to youth sport development uh, that you maybe don't encounter uh, outside of the U.S. Yeah, there's this. It's so different. There's some pros and there's some cons. I, I love yeah. I love the mentality that a lot of young athletes have about their dedication to their sport, um, but I also have noticed not necessarily politics, but I feel like the parents can really lead their kids down a path that's not beneficial for them. So in Australia, we, you know, if you are dedicated to your sport, if you train hard, if you work hard, if you if you play well, you will get the rewards for it. Where I've, I've experienced over here, especially with some high school students and parents that, you know, the parents can dictate a lot where their kid goes. I've, I've coached kids who've changed high schools like three times in one year sort of thing. Like, like yeah. that's unheard of in Australia. And and it's not teaching the right value set to that kid because it's like when things get tough, what are you going to do? Oh, let's just change schools or let's just go to a different team. Well, the world doesn't work like that. Like right. if you want to play pro sports or be successful in business, you got to handle those challenges and those, those resistance that show up every single day because how are you going to know to solve them? How are you going to know to get through them unless you experience it at some point? So I feel like in Australia, it's not as big business as what it is over here. So yeah. it's, it's still a bit of a, you play for the passion, you pay for the love, for the mateship of the game. And, and the parents still have that mentality as well. So I, you see a lot of parents in Australia that if their kid gets hurt or if they're not getting played, the parents are like, look, just keep going, keep training hard, keep your head down, things will change. And yeah, they might have a conversation with the coach and just let them know what right. they're feeling, but they're not going to pull them from one team and put them in another team or change schools or anything like that. So I've noticed that a fair bit and it sort of grinds my gears a little bit because, <laughs> sure. as I said, I, I feel like it's not teaching great values to these young yeah. students um, because when the real world hits them in three or four years' time, how they're going to handle that? I think they're setting their kids up to fail. To be perfectly honest, I think it's sometimes that unintended, um, especially at, at a young age. The, it's already a challenge enough to be a kid, and then you, you know, if they're motivated to be an athlete, to work hard at that and grow and develop, um, and then to change the environment that mm. they're in to hopefully get a different result faster. Yeah. But in changing that environment, you've disrupted the consistency. Yes. Uh, and I think they unintentionally don't understand that, you know, consistency, along with some of those ups and downs, you know, mm -hmm. few kids, some kids, if they're super intrinsically motivated, they'll handle that inconsistency because yep. it's not their parents. It's them. They're wired. Right. Yep. But when the parents start to disrupt it and the motivation fades, it, it just makes a, a really tough challenge that the, the athlete ends up being in. Yeah, and, uh, and I think yeah, ahead. I was gonna I was no, I was just gonna say I think when I when I work with a lot of my clients, especially young students, I don't 
start off by focusing on the on-field side of it. It's about, all right, I want to grow you as an individual first. I want you to be a good human being because when we can get that foundation right, then whatever shows up from an athletic point of view, from a school point of view, or just being a young person going through hormonal changes, you'll be able to handle it. You'll be able to, you'll be able to accept what you face um, because you know who you are. You're showing up authentically every single day. So it's a big chunk of what I focus on. And then once I know they get a grasp of that, once we've got some foundations set there, then our conversations start evolving into performance and into other issues and challenges that they're facing in their life. But yeah, let's just make good human beings to begin with because that's what's going to set them up for life. If, hey, we all know how tough it is to play pro sports, doesn't matter what country you're in. So let's set them up that whatever happens in their life, if we go into business, corporate, whatever, that they're going to have a successful career. It doesn't matter, but it, it starts with being that off-field personality. Get that where it needs to be. Thanks. Getting to that, you know, that core and starting that, I think, you know, Talk about, uh, you know, the importance, I think, you know, first, let's talk about as an individual, um, you know, identifying, you know, those foundational core values. And then uh, after that, let's let's talk about, uh, you know, core values as a team and how they they help us. But uh, yeah. as an individual, you know, working with athletes, you know, how important it is. I think you just talked about building this foundation and identifying those things uh, about constructing those core values and trying to to perform and live in alignment with those. Yeah, so it's it's probably one of the first things I'll work on with those athletes because your values give you direction in life. They're, they're, they're really outlining what your strengths are as an individual, but also there's an accountability process that comes with that as well. So everything that I step into in my life, whether I succeed or whether it doesn't or whether you know I don't get out, get the outcome I desire, I always reflect back on my values. How did I show up in that moment? How did I perform in that moment? That gives me feedback and it makes me accountable in who I am. So when I do values, we're not just looking at what's your values from an athlete point of view. It's like, what's your values from relationships, from your lifestyle, from performance? Like we look at all different areas and all your values need to cross over at some point in all those different, because we can't have 30 different values because you know, that's it's just spreading yourself too thin. So if we can come down to five or six values that really cross over all those different areas of your life, then it doesn't matter what situation you, you turn up in, you're always going to be able to, you know, know what your values are, be able to represent yourself and your values. It's given you a purpose, it's given you a direction. And when you show up in something that you know could be a challenge for you, you can always come back to your values and just be that person. Be someone if your values respect. Just be respectful, respectful not only to yourself, but to the people around you. If it's support, all right, you support the people around you. Keep showing up in your values and nothing's going to go wrong because you're being that authentic version of yourself. I love it. I think you, you kind of touched on it there. When you've got that understanding and grasp of them, they transfer. Right? Yeah. I think we just talked about, you know, eventually, you know, hopefully not parent-driven changing teams but throughout life and adversity environments are going to change yeah. um and i think that's that's when it becomes inconsistent the core values get tested and, and get mm -hmm. strengthened and so love it so as a team you know you get you got a team you know we've got all these individuals they've got values they've got goals um how do you see you know when it comes to a team you know i think especially you've got different players different years sometimes but about 
uh, using and identifying those core values to to bring a team together and perform well. Yeah, look, we back in Australia, we talk about like being our DNA. So what's the DNA of our team? And and when we come up with values from a team aspect, it's it's one, yes, all right, we want to make sure, again, that it's something that aligns to our game plan, aligns to our leaders, to our teammates, so we can we know that we're comfortable in that DNA. But really, we judge ourselves on our values by how the outside view us as well. So if our value aspect from a team point of view is, you know, is um, like work ethic, so we want to outwork the other team, well, we want the fans who are watching us to recognise that. They should be able to walk out of the ground and say, man, that team definitely outworked the other team. There's our value right there showing up. So I think with values from a team perspective, yeah, look, it's, it's something I haven't done in a long time and I know it's probably evolved a hell of a lot since I've last done it. But when you know you've got strong values as a team, again, it's just going to allow the team to stay together through thick and thin. If you lose three games in a row, you're not sort of you know throwing the game plan out the window and trying to shift everything around. You stick to what your values are as a team. You, you evolve it. You make minor changes where you need to. And you just got to trust that those value systems that you have will allow the results to shift to go your way. Well, then, um, tangent question, kind of go back a little bit. I was curious about uh, when you were younger, was there uh, outside of sports or, or maybe an experience or a job that you had uh, that you reflect back upon that that helped you teach you a lesson uh, of maybe hard work or, or something uh, that you had to do when you were younger? Yeah, absolutely. The Probably the biggest, most momentous moment that's happened in my life so my mum she unfortunately passed away when I was 15 she had multiple sclerosis she was only diagnosed when I was 13 so very early on so back then they hadn't done a lot of research so she only survived two years and in that two years her health she went from walking into a wheelchair into shaking so we had to feed her we had to put her to bed and I was a 13 14 year old kid having to step up and be that that person and you know in the moment it's not uh, there was no second guessing I just it was just a this is who I need to be this is what I need to do and I showed up every single day and and got the job done but looking back now and reflecting on that moment in my life yeah it's it's something that's really instilled that work ethic inside me well it's instilled you know when you're in that discomfort just to trust it, to keep stepping into it and know that you'll get through that, know that you'll come out stronger on the other side. Because that two years of my life, which, you know, as a 13, 14, 15-year-old kid, they're really important years just from a school point of view, whether it's a sport point of view. And I basically lost those years because I spent so much of my time coming home from school, helping look after mum. Dad had his own business. Dad was working like ridiculous hours as well. So those two years really sort of built who I am today, built how I how I see things, how I handle certain situations. And so I don't look back in, you know, regret from what happened. Obviously, I'd love to have my mum here, but I look back on it as like, well, that opportunity, that experience that I went through has allowed me to become the person I am today. So I'm going to use that. I'm not going to just throw that out and, and try and be someone who I'm not. I'm going to use those hardships that I've experienced, those beliefs and values that were curated over that time, and I'm going to be that person and build on that every single day. So that's what I take from those moments in the past and 
obviously that one being such a big moment and every single day I still think about my mum, I think about those moments in my life, but I use it more as an inspiring type feeling for me that I can be this person because of that experience. That story was way, way better than the question. Um, <laughs> um, thank you for, for, for sharing that. No, that's a, that's a, a powerful story. And I think, um, I, I'd love to hear for you. And then, you know, also, I think, you know, how did that, did, did it, I guess, help shape any of your purpose and efforts as an athlete um, back then? And then, you know, does it, did it kind of just uh, adjust how you showed up with your purpose um, in life and still to today? Yeah. So back then, because life was really crazy, like, you know, we were going through a family situation, which you can't prepare for. You, you don't know how to handle it. It's a day by day thing. And and I probably didn't have that support around me as a young kid now looking back that probably needed to help me get through that in a in a much better way. So yeah, as I said, things like my school, sport, it, it all it all suffered because of that moment in my life. I I and then I when I talk to a lot of my clients about this situation, I say, look, but it's this is what's allowed me to be that man I am I am today, like I said before, because those hardships that I went through has created that belief in like what I show up as, how I show up, and that you can do whatever, you know, whatever you put your mind to, you can be that person just by accepting what the situation is. So I don't, yeah, it's a tough one. It's, it really has helped me be the person I am today in good and bad ways. Um, Mostly good ways because, like I say, when I do reflect back on on anything in my life, I don't reflect back on the negative side of something. I reflect back on the lessons I've learned. I reflect back on how it helped me evolve as an individual. Because for me to grow, I need to connect to stuff like that. I can't keep playing the victim and saying, oh, poor Tim, his mum was unwell, he, he, he suffered, he didn't reach the heights of sports because of that situation in his life. And that's rubbish. Like that, that's going to get me nowhere in life. So every time I look back on that situation, that story, those moments, as I said, I use it to inspire me to be a better person. I use it as a moment to help me grow and continually evolve. And and even still today, I'm always growing and, and evolving back from when I was 13, 14, and 15 years old. Um, uh, one more question as we wrap up, but, um, in your work and working with your, your clients and athletes, um, what uh, what brings you the most joy? What what, what do you love seeing uh, through your efforts uh, in the work that you do? Probably coming back to the breath again, just seeing those little shifts, seeing when they when we catch up every single week and just sort of reflect on their week, I can hear the change in their dialogue. I can hear the shift where how they're thinking about things. When they've come up with it to like when they face big resistance in their day and they tell me how they sort of navigated their way through it, I know it all comes back to the breath. Being able to sit sit in that breath, visualize, process what's happened in the past, what they're going to be doing in the future. I know the breath is helping them step into that best version of themselves. So seeing the just the little changes, as I said, it's just little changes and how they embrace it. That's, that's what really inspires me every single day. And I, when I have my clients and we're going to jump on a call, I get so excited leading up to it because I'm just waiting to hear this little gem that's going to come out 
It's they've made that little shift throughout their week. And that's just what's look, any coach, I'm sure it resonates with all of them. It's we coach because we want to see those individuals grow. And and when we get those little wins and you see those little shifts, it really is, you know, it, it does hit the heartstring and it makes you makes you really proud. Mm-hmm.